0: You're listening to Pim Talk, the product marketing podcast, brought to you by InRiver. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. What, what you wanna talk, talk about? Give it to me, give it to me, give it to what me. What you wanna talk about? Give it to me, give
0: it to me. I said, what, what you wanna talk about? I said, wanna about? I said, oh, wanna hear. What it. you wanna talk about? I wanna hear it now. What's Let's talk about him. him? Welcome to PIM Talk, the podcast for product marketers, merchandisers, and PIM professionals. And every second Tuesday, we come together to share knowledge, experiences, and challenges to be able to create even better product stories. Maybe you're wondering what PIM is. PIM is a software that is all about managing all product marketing information in one place to create a rich customer experience in all channels and shorten time to market. And if you're new to PIM, check out our first episode, What is PIM? I'm your host Tomas Sjöberg, I'm the creative director at InRiver, and we want to do this podcast for you and with you. So please contact us and tell us what topics you would like us to cover, what guests you would like to have on the show, or maybe you want to contribute in any way. So you can email us at pimtalk@inriver.com at InRiver.com or send a message on Twitter at pimtalkpodcast. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of PimTalk. I hope you are feeling well. And in today's episode, we're going to talk with a PIM professional, uh, Louise Matson, that has been working for two different companies as a PIM specialist. And I always love talking to customers and hearing about how they work in their everyday life and what kind of projects they have been doing for the companies that they work with. And also, as you will hear, Louise got thrown into the PIM world at uh, one of her employers and has been working with PIM since. So without further ado, let's have a talk with Louise. I now, let's talk about him. Today, I want to welcome Louise Matson, application specialist at J. Lindberg, as a guest here at PIM Talks. So welcome, Louise.
1: Thank you very much.
0: So uh, in this episode, we're going to take a look at your PIM journey a bit. You have worked for two different companies uh, in PIM-related roles. But before diving into that, maybe you could tell us a little bit about your background.
1: Absolutely. So I started working as a graphic designer at Ejendals. It's a Scandinavian brand that produces premium safety shoes and gloves. Our PIM specialist were going to change her workplace. And we had a great partner that stepped in and helped us during the time the company were searching for a new pim specialist and at that time our pim specialist felt that i was well fitted to step in and help with the pim project that were related to print
0: okay because you have a graphic background right
1: exactly so i have studied both graphic design and also some code so it was easier for me to explain uh few things for the technicians okay i see
0: so you were sort of dragged into this project when they had a transition in the company and and uh, probably you worked quite close to the partner in that uh, during that time as well
1: yeah exactly so I were working in several print projects combined with PIM information. And after a while, our partner asked me if I myself have thought about applying for the PIM position.
0: And what did you think then? Uh, Do you remember when you first heard about PIM? Uh, Yeah. That there were a special system for for that kind of stuff.
1: Um, My first thought was, what is PIM? Yeah. So that was my first question. But I I looked into the system and I also sat down with the PIM specialist and I thought it was a really cool way of sorting through big amounts of data and images uh, and also streamline it out to different channels.
0: Exactly, because I guess also been working with graphical design uh, you have seen a little bit about the challenges of when you want to use your your uh, your content for different purposes. Uh, if you don't sort of have a central repository and also have that related to the actual products that you sell.
1: Exactly. So I got to know both the company and also the products. Before even even stepping into the role as a PIM specialist. So I had quite a good background to step into the position, I would say.
0: Okay. And what was the different, you know, things that was a part of your work when you sort of stepped into this PIM role? What was typical tasks that you did?
1: Uh, typical tasks, mostly taking care of uh, different development uh, regarding tough situation where you're handling uh, a lot of process manually through Excel sheets. Uh, So what I did was that I, with my knowledge, combined that with the different kind of systems or add-ons that you can have in the PIM system uh, and also with the PIM partner came up with a different solution that worked out really good for us
0: okay but w- what did the pr- process look like the, the product was they born in the PIM or did you get sort of new products from an ERP integration uh,
1: they were born in the ERP system um, but in the beginning they they had a, a double job they Kind of the super users who produced the products. So, what they did was that they first started the product in the ERP system and then they went to the PIM system and started the product again. Okay. So, it was a lot of double job in the beginning.
0: Mm. And we usually talk a lot about enrichment and so on. So, what kind of content did you add or modify uh, in the PIM process?
1: In the PIM process, uh, mostly the super users added all the information and then I went through everything and looked, so everything was filled in. Uh, and if we had new features regarding the products, I just added them really easily into the system in the already defined fields.
0: So you mentioned super users. Uh... Who were they, how many uh, and what, they, what did they do in the system?
1: We had two different groups of super users and they were defined by the products. So we had one for shoes and one for gloves. And in these groups, there could be four to six different persons and they were the product developers.
0: Okay. Did they start early in the process? With the with the products in the PIM, was there during the whole life uh, lifetime of the product?
1: Yes, it was. So I would say that they were using the PIM system as a PLM system also. Okay. So they had different stages on the products devel- depending on where in the process from the beginning to the end where the product were. Okay. So if it was under development, then you had the status under development.
0: Okay. So you re- refer to these as the super users. Do you have regular users as well?
1: Uh, I didn't have that at A&O's. Uh We had a few specific um, positions where specialists, according to maybe uh, fabric and certification and so on, were included also. Uh, but I would say I have other kind of users as at yale Lindenberg today.
0: Okay, okay. But were there other type of stakeholders and roles that that consume the information that you created in, in the PIM at A&Ls?
1: I would say almost everyone used the information in some kind of way. Yeah. Uh, we had sales, e-commerce, um, marketing. So, because we had the print functionality in the PIM system at A and they they dragged out with a plugin into InDesign. They had all the product information in there Okay. in different kind of templates that were, that were set up.
0: Yeah, and uh, you had a, a quite high uh, grade of automation when it came to uh, production of uh, of product sheets and that kind of material, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we we had a bunch of different kind of templates that we could use to automate uh, different kind of prints, print solutions. And during the time where I was there, we also developed uh, another kind of print solution that were kind of it didn't work the same way as the other ones. So it was according to how a product was tagged it instead kind of dropped in different boxes with information instead. So instead of dragging out PIM information, we had a predefined boxes with information that dropped out according to how the product was tagged.
0: Okay, I see.
1: So we had a lot of different kind of solutions.
0: Uh, and what would you say the main benefits of working with PIM at A and Dolls was for for A and Doll as a company? What what did it sort of enable f- for you?
1: I would say that it enabled them to be more efficient and they could easily make new decisions and send out uh, information in other channels. So kind of streamlined and do fast decisions.
0: Okay. I see. So when you started at A and Dolls they had been working with their PIM system for quite a lot of years. It was uh, a lot of automation in place, Uh, many people working with the system. And uh, now you're at uh, J. Lindeberg, a Swedish well-known fashion brand. And where are they in their PIM journey? Uh, And uh, so could you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Absolutely. So I think the biggest... Difference in between Jay Lindenberg and A and Dals is that Jay Lindenberg hasn't come as far on their PIM journey yet. There's still a lot of adaptations that needs to be done, and also we need to add much more content. So product information and integrations in between systems. So they have a big journey to take, but I think that with my knowledge. And our partner, it will be a much smoother ride. Um, so it will be very exciting, actually, to see what we can do the coming years. Mm.
0: So what's the difference in between the products? I know that dolls also are doing, you mentioned gloves and shoes, so they're also doing clothes. And now it's clothes as Jay Lindenberg as well, but uh, is it... Any differences in between how you work with the products?
1: I would say that the biggest difference in between the products, like the way of how I work with the system is the same, but the adaption in between the difference is how the products look like, how many different colorways there are and so on. So you in just fashion, you have more colorways you have more barcodes you have much more pictures so it's more content and it makes it also even much much valuable to have a PIM system that works because we, with all of that content it's a bigger risk that you lose information when you work with it manually.
0: Okay and is it a faster process I mean speed to market from where you the product is born until you need to have it out in your e-commerce stores and similar?
1: I would say that it's not really. Okay. We always work with the content one year before it's going to launch. So everything is set the year before. Okay. Uh, but it's the biggest difference. I would say that uh, when you're selling, so when you are in the selling season, it's it's really, really important that all of the content is there. Okay. So if any process is lacking, then we won't have all the content in time of the launch. So we need to have a really easy and good flow with the product images. We need to know where they are and uh, We need to know that they are also exported into the correct system in time and that everything is working. So kind of the streamlined of all the information when it's time to sell. uh, That's where the really important process in the PIM system are needed.
0: You're listening to PIM Talk, the product marketing podcast. And after this short break, we're going to continue talk to Louise about what it's like working with PIM. PIM stands for Product Information Management, and InRiver stands for PIM. Want to learn more about how your organization can benefit from PIM software? We've put together a free white paper where you can learn what you need to know about how your e-commerce platform can benefit from PIM. Go to www.pimtalk.com to download a free guide to help you better understand how PIM can work for
1: you. That's www.pimtalk.com.
0: okay but but it's interesting to to hear a little bit about the difference here as you mentioned there is a a lot more media resources attached to the products there is more color variants and uh, all of that but when you look a bit forward what uh, what lies ahead for you at what, what kind of products do you see that you will do moving forward
1: Moving forward, uh, I would see us upgrade to IPMC.
0: Yeah, you're on the on-prem version exactly at the moment. Exactly. Okay. Uh,
1: and also with that IPMC, use the add-on Syndicate uh, because as of today, we send a lot of data through the ERP system, and Syndicate would ease that product information flow in a whole other way.
0: Do you also send information today to, to different retailers and marketplaces and so on? Is that a thing that you're doing?
1: Yeah, we, we have sales app and we have uh, different screen systems in our stores. Um, so also retail, e we have information that's going all over the place. So we need a really good place to streamline that information and also be sure of having the correct format and always knowing what kind of content that is needed because not every channel needs the same information regarding the products.
0: Yeah, so I mean, continuing developing uh, in River in this case as a, a content hub that can feed the different channels would be beneficial for you uh, moving forward.
1: Exactly. So also with that, instead of using the ERP, so integrate the uh, our PLM system. So that's a product lifecycle management system where our products are born at yale Okay, yeah, so use that integration to get the correct data into our i p m c and then also combine that with a dam system a data asset management system so we we would take marketings pictures and ecoms product images and combine everything with product information from our i p m c
0: yeah. So now you have been working with PIM a few years at two different companies, and uh, since you are still doing it, I guess you like it. So uh, what do you find is interesting and rewarding working with PIM?
1: The most rewarding thing uh, when working with a PIM uh, or in the PIM process is to translate um, different projects and also workflows that doesn't work really well. So adjust them and take off the non-efficient time-consuming work and instead have automated processes or easy access information in just one click. So I think the most rewarding thing for me is excluding all of these time-consuming processes
0: yeah because you can get um, good feedback you can see that you save time you can see that you make your product information more findable that you can get that out in new channels and so on so it's um, yeah i agree it's uh, you feel like you're doing something that that improves the way you work exactly and another thing that i thought about i mean people that find themselves in a similar situation you were in a couple of years before uh, getting dragged into these PIM projects and getting a new position uh, within PIM. Do do you have any advice for people that go through that?
1: Absolutely. So I think that, first of all, you should never doubt yourself. Uh, You will grow in terms of knowledge. Uh, What you need to kind of do is that you need to search for the knowledge. Uh, Learn about your business, learn about your partners, um, your colleagues, what are they doing, how do they work, are their processes working, and use the internet, contact other PIM specialists, Uh, search for knowledge in similar businesses, take in river classes if you could. Uh, listen at PIM Talk as now. Of course. <laughs> and that's really good because I listen at PIM Talk a lot when I was working. So I learned a lot during my work time. Um, I would also recommend to look at other softwares because uh, there's a BIM That's Building Information Models and PLM, Product Lifecycle Management. And there are softwares that uses other kind of content and in other kind of businesses. But all of these, uh, like the important part of all of these mentioned is that you could learn or get inspired of them. Both the bad and the good experience when doing development and setups. Um you do not need to invent the wheel again uh, you could use successful development and twist and turn it to apply it on your own business because together we can grow and learn so i would say that the faster you learn and get into your role the easier and the more fun you will have at work Um, In my way of looking at it, I would say that a PIM specialist or application specialist should be interested in the business and always think of the next step to make time consuming and difficult work process easier. So be curious, be proactive with your own knowledge, always aim for personal growth and always ask. Do not be afraid of asking.
0: Yeah, that is really super good advice. So thank you, Luis, for sharing. And I think also one thing you mentioned, uh, getting in t- contact with other PIM professionals. I know that we have met on some of the customer workshops that your partner arranged. And I think that's a great way of, of sort of get good tips. And uh, yeah. and it's important to uh, to have a network of people where you can discuss these kind of things. and. So do that, um, attend events, both that we arrange from Riverside, but also that is arranged by, by your partner. I can really recommend that.
1: Me too. So uh, I, I would say that uh, Pinpoint is the biggest event of the year, and it's really good for a user that is new. You get in contact with many many kind of application specialist or PIM specialist or IT departments that have the same problems as yourself.
0: Absolutely. Good advice. And I hope we will be able to meet in person soon again as well, uh, not just in the di- digital forums. Yes, me too. <laughs> but Luis, uh, thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, great to hear about your experiences and best of luck uh, going forward at uh, J. Linda Barry and all your upcoming projects.
1: Thank you very much, Thomas.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. Bye. Bye-bye. <music> I hope that you took the opportunity to participate in Pinpoint Digital 2020 this year. Uh, we have got some new interesting statistics. Uh, we're more than 4,000 session sign-ups from more than 400 companies. So it's uh, great that so many were interested. And we had 28 speakers and it was a lot of activity in, in social media as well. And then we ended up with a party in virtual reality that was also a great experience. Uh, looking forward, if you want even more webinars, we have a webinar on November 18th. So, the topic is how to drive next level digital commerce. And we have Jim Clark, Commercial Research Director at eConsultancy, that will take us through that journey. So, uh, head over to inriver.com and sign up for that webinar. So I've been doing Pimp Talk now for more than two years. It ended up being 59 episodes, but this will actually be my last. And uh, it has been a fantastic experience uh, getting to know customers and partners and industry experts by meeting them in this forum and also engaging with you, uh, the listeners. And I am very thankful for everyone that have reached out to me. Uh, And you can still do that. Not from the email address that, um, that you can use for PIMTalk, Talk, but you can always connect on LinkedIn if you would like to. And maybe you're wondering about what will happen with PimTalk Talk going forward. I can just say it's going to be a new chapter and stay tuned. So next week, I will start as Director of Strategic Alliances at Aptus Technology, a company working with automatic merchandising and actually a partner of inriver as well so i will stay in the river community which i'm very happy about so i will be quite close to you also going forward so a big thank you from me and see you around thank you for listening for feedback, tips, and questions, you can email us at pymtalkatniriver.com or message us at pimtalkpodcast at Twitter. Please, if you like the show, go into iTunes and give us a good review. And if you would like to see some behind-the-scenes material, bloopers, and live streams, you can follow PimTalk on Instagram. See you again in two weeks. Bye.